This podcast is not suitable for work. If you're under the age of 18, kindly and with all due respect, get the fuck out. I mean it. Go on. Bye-bye. Mm-mm. See you later. This isn't for you. Nope. Mm-mm. America has a strange relationship with sex. We're obsessed with it, but it terrifies us. We censor it because it's constantly being shoved down our throats. But our dirty little secret is we like things shoved down our throats, especially when we're in bondage or we're wearing leather or being slapped around a little bit. And, oh, God. Mm. <clears throat> I'm Sunny Megatron. Join Ken Melvoinberg and I as we explore, dissect, and demystify American sex. Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness, American Sex, with Ken Melvoin Berg and Sonny Megatron. Do you, do you want to start, Ken? You go ahead and start this time. Really? Yeah. Okay. Take it away. Oh, I'm taking it away. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to American Sex. We have a fun guest for you today. His name is Dick wound which i don't know i like i was having a problem wondering where my emphasis was like the emphasis on the right syllable is it dick wound or dick wound it's just dick wound okay dick wound (laughs) and and although one of my mottos it's never okay to be a dick in this case it is yes it's okay to be a dick if you're dick wound yeah absolutely which by the way that's that's an awesome name i'm guessing automatically that you must be into cbt yes (laughs) yes it was uh it was actually given to me by a play partner who uh, said it very dismissively, but it was after I made some offhand comment about how I'm not happy unless I have eight open wounds on my dick at the end of the night. Nice. And, uh, you know, she was like, she was like, well, your name is Dick Wound now. <laughs> and and thus it was. Yeah. <laughs> that was your name. Well, I think our listeners are probably like, what? Cause but this... let's give Dick an intro. Well, yes. No, this is really exciting because this Dick is... Dick is exciting? Th- You're right. Well, Dick, yes. Dick is exciting. This... I'm sorry. There's going to be a lot of Dick jokes. Like tonight. you've <laughs> never heard the Dick jokes before. No, this is our first episode where we're really diving deep into the deep end of the pool for BDSM. And so for our first intro to kink and BDSM, which is bondage and discipline, dominance and submission and sadomasochism, we've got quite a treat for you. So let me tell you about Dick Wound. He is a sadomasochist that specializes in knife play, primarily as a top or dominant, into CBT, which is cock and ball torture or torment, depending on what or kind of... Or chicken, bacon, tomato sandwich. Yes. Depending on which way you go. <laughs> right. Or cognitive behavioral <laughs> therapy. therapy. You're really into psychotherapy. No. Um, CBT as a bottom or submissive, hence your kink name, Dick yes. Wound. You're also an armpit fetishist, a robosexual, ASFR, and we'll get into all that in a little bit. You're 36 years old, you had a heart attack at 30, and you have an internal defibrillator, can I say it? Defibrillator. (laughs) Defibrillator. You have the machine thing in your heart. Yes. So. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually in my shoulder. Oh, okay. It's it's connected to my heart. (laughs) Okay. So that is where you use fantasy about your own death to get over your fears and depression. You also created an engineer off the cuffs, a kink and BDSM podcast. <laughs> so yeah, we have robo stuff and, Along and death with kink. Co-host. Yes. And your co Minimus Maximus? Yes. Uh, Minimus Maximus is my is my cousin. He's not here. He went home because uh, we finished our show a few hours ago. <laughs> well, but we'll send Minimus Maximus our love. I will. Our, our freaky, angry love. <laughs> we we met at a at a munch and uh, we started talking about kind of obscure movies and we bonded over Phantom of the Paradise and and one day uh, I, I had been thinking about starting a podcast and uh, the next day he had texted me, hey, we should start a podcast. And I was like, well, I guess that's uh, I guess that's that. <laughs> nice. That's and- awesome. And for those of you that don't know what a munch is, by the way, and we, we have discussed munches before, but we always like to give definitions to stuff. A munch is sort of a gathering of people in a restaurant. And most of them are either new to kink and BDSM or they're old pros at it. But they go to, uh, say, a restaurant or a bar, get together and just sort of have a meet and greet. And it's not where we're not all wearing leather and latex and, you know, having things shoved up our butts, that 
that comes later. But this is just where we meet. We have a good time in a, just a regular, average, everyday setting just to get a little bit more social on a yeah, regular level. Like an, a, a social networking event, but not on your computer, actually in person, the yeah, old-fashioned so way. in person, the old-fashioned way. Now, I have a question for you, Dick. What part of the nation are you in? And you, if you, if you don't want to be specific, you don't have to. But oh, it sounds – I I'm hear in, East Coast in your voice. <laughs> yeah, I'm in New York. Oh, it I'm, couldn't be more East than that. Okay. <laughs> I'm actually on Long Island. Oh, I my God. Okay, I don't, you really can't get more, more East Coast than that. It's true. <laughs> I don't know if I have the, the, the standard Long Island accent, but uh, if it comes through, I, I apologize to your listeners. Oh, no, no. It's no worse than our Chicago accent. So I like, our Chicago accent. Our Chicago Jack broke Jack back from Wacker Drive. Yes, and he ate some sausage. sausage. <laughs> so what our listeners are thinking is... Dick, how did a nice guy like you get into kink and death fetish and, and, and ro- robot fetish? And how did it start? How'd you get kinky? Uh, well, I'll, I'll go to the robot stuff last because that's actually something I'm exploring Ooh. right now. Ooh, that's cool. Okay. Uh, I've recently discovered that that's something that I'm into or I, I've always been into it, but I didn't really have a word for it. And then I met someone who taught me. Uh, but beyond that, okay. So when I was a kid, when I was, uh, I don't know, like maybe four or five, I used to hate watching cartoons. Uh, I, I thought they were too childish and I was like, I want to only watch like what grownups watch. And I'd like kind of hide behind the couch and kind of peer out at whatever the adults were watching. And, uh, one day my, my grandmother was over and she was watching general hospital or some garbage, but there was a woman tied to a chair and another woman was going to inject her with some kind of poison. And I was like, Oh my God, what the fuck is happening in my pants? (laughs) You know, and like, I didn't, I didn't get like hard. I mean, I was a kid. I was, you know, but I was like, there was feelings and I was like, this is really strange. And, uh, I, you know, over the next couple of years, uh, one of the things that I've really got into was, um, I grew up in the 80s, so they were showing um, uh, repeats of uh, the the 1960s uh, Batman TV show. Oh my oh, goodness! The yes, one. yeah. <laughs> I have ha- I've had some people with Batman fantasies, uh-huh. but keep going. Yeah, that well, that's <laughs> that's really what brought it home. Was I mean, first of all, either either Julie Newmar or Eartha Kitt as Catwoman. Oh, yes. uh, the death traps, the 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 guns that shoot sonic rays that melt your brain, like you know, all the like dumb, cheesy, over the top death traps and what it was was especially the episodes where it would be like Batman and Robin and sometimes Batgirl tied up and it would, and it would cut, it would be the cliffhanger ending. And it would be like, you know, find out next week how this, you know, turns out, uh, same bat time, same bat channel. And, and like that moment of like frustration of not knowing what was going to happen and them being in like this life or death situation was where a lot of my earliest like sexual feelings came from. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and then, uh, it, it got kind of boring cause I, I, I grew up and I, uh, I, I have not been in the public kink scene for very long. I've actually only been in it for about two years. Okay. Uh, oh, wow. yeah, I, I've been kinky privately since I was about 16. Uh, so about well, brother, 20- you, you went right to the deep end of the pool, didn't you? <laughs> well, I had an experience when I was 16 where, uh, I was dating an older girl and she cut all my clothes off with a knife that got me into knife play. That's that's more for later. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, but that was sort of what opened up, you know, being involved in kink. And then I was like, oh, there's other people out here that do stuff like this. And I and I would, you know, find people who were into it. And typically, though, most of the people that I found to play with were more submissive women. And so I didn't really get to explore a lot of my bottom side or submissive side. I'm not really a submissive I'm wishy-washy on the word submissive for myself personally. Okay. Um, just because uh, we could get into that when we talk about the robosexuals. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so so I kind of moved more into being uh, a dominant or a top, a, a sadist, uh, you know, a lot of knife play, a lot of uh, breath play, things like that. Uh, and and I occasionally have, you know, uh, meet some dominant women, too. And that was always a treat. But it really uh, I, I, I had only known about the fetish community, what I had seen in kind of pop culture uh, movies where it was just like it kind of looked like a dance club with leather. Yeah. And, and, and it was not that there's anything wrong with leather or like being in a dance club, but it just it looked very I don't want to say safe because it's not that going to a dungeon isn't safe, but it looked very, um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, stereotype. Yeah, it was. Just, yeah. It, was, it was cliche. I, yeah, and I was like, I that I was like, that looks boring. I just want to get the shit kicked out of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like, and you don't want to go right away to like Lady Leatherding from Domsville, like right off the bat. Right. So, wait, I have a real quick question for you. Uh huh. In the old Batman series, <laughs> which character do you most identify with? Oh, Who did you want to be? Well, I wanted to be Batman because I wanted to be. Uh, uh, I wanted Julie Newmar to be in love with me. Oh, and, of course. Because uh, well, lo- I didn't know, like, I could see the whole, like, dude in distress kind of thing where you could either be Batman or Robin. Like, either one would. Yeah, I think I'm a little too egotistical to be the sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I was actually running around last night in a Robin outfit all night long. Yeah, which you I don't were. know why I was, but, like, I. I you just put Robin it on, outfit. then you didn't want to take it off. You looked really cute. Nice. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm getting ready to do uh, Wizard World this weekend, and I was making a, a Green Arrow outfit because of all the superheroes that are around with the facial hair and stuff I have. That's the only superhero I look like. Okay, right on. Yeah, I I was actually, to be honest, I always liked Green Arrow as far as like the comic books go. Oh, I always yeah. liked Green Arrow over Batman, and I always thought they were very similar characters. But I always thought Green Arrow was was a little cooler just because I was kind of into Robin Hood a lot too. Oh yeah, there. especially for rich white dudes that are also superheroes. Like Iron Fist is now in the bottom of the scale. Like after <laughs> watching the new Defenders, I'm sorry, but like if you're gonna be one, so a buddy of mine asked me if I wanted to go with him, and he was uh he he's a black guy. I'm a white guy, and he wanted to go as Luke Cage and Iron Fist. And I'm like, I get to be Luke Cage, then if we're going to go as those two, because there's <laughs> no way I'm going to be Iron Fist. So now I'm considering, but I got to talk to some friends to find out if I can go as Jessica Jones instead. Nice. Because if I'm going to go with Jessica Jones, is, and it's not because I want to co-opt her femininity, I'm not trans, I'm not a cross-dresser, but I like Jessica Jones as a superhero more than I like any of the others except for Luke Cage. Sure, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I, I, I said the other day to a friend of mine, I, I just watched Iron Fist and I said, I loved everyone in Iron Fist, but Iron Fist. <laughs> yeah. Totally. No, no, I, That's I, exactly what you yeah, said, Ken. <laughs> You're like, Iron Fist. <laughs> no, and I like the show, just not Iron Fist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, the scene where he fights uh, Bride of the Nine Spiders, I was fucking hard. Oh, that. of course. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's going to kill him. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so so if you were one of those characters though you would want to be Batman and it's for the for that reason because he was the one who all the all of the main female characters were in love with. He's well, the one that got him put into stress a lot as well. Yeah, yeah. I, it was more that like 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 Julie Newmar's Catwoman was like she had that weird thing where she was like in love with him but she also wanted to kill him. And that's kind of like an ideal woman like a frenemy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like So you know. So no, I have a question because I, I am a dominant woman. Okay. And I have been running into a lot lately men who have specific like black widow fetishes. Uh huh. And that's kind I didn't of a long. You haven't told me about this. Oh yeah, yeah. This is awesome. So you know, I there. There's one guy where it's I'll like buy you a, I'll buy you a Black Widow it, outfit. It no, <laughs> no, 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 Black Widow like the like the, the type the, of woman. Oh, not... I thought you meant the. Com- I'm like I, I, I'm getting hard here because no, because I'm like I did tell you this story. Character. I did tell you this story. No, wives with knives. Like yeah, you know, kind of like I get it. I get it. And it almost borders on right. I know there is. It almost not that. Anyway, so it borders on sort of like like financial domination, how you're using someone until you destroy them. Yep. But it it's actually bridges into I'm using you and let's say it's a role play and I'm not only, you know, taking you for all your money and using you and you're kind of worthless to me, but I also guess what? You know, here's a scenario. Guess what? I'm seducing you and, you know, you're really hot and I'm going to tell you now that I just took a life insurance policy out on your life. And I, <laughs> and and now I've gotten you really hard and I just I just slipped you this pill that you thought was I don't know like, you know, some fun drug or whatever, an aspirin, but really this is a pill Aspirin's that not that fun. If if you have an orgasm, you die. Yep. And so now you're at the point where you're really sexually aroused. I'm seducing you and you know that I'm going to kill you. What do you do? And of course, I don't really kill people. You know, it role plays into like, ah, I'm coming and I'm dead. And then we all go, that was fun. You know? (laughs) Oh, yeah. but so is that something like that sort of scenario, something that you dig? I have written probably 45 uh, scripts for custom videos from people that had that on there. 
uh, that that was basically exactly that. Um, if you go on clips for sale, ninety uh-huh. percent uh, of like the old uh, before they had the category of executrix, right? Ninety uh, percent of the custom videos that were death fetish on there were ones that were customs of mine. Oh, really? That, that is amazing. Yeah. And, and is it okay if we name names about because we were talking about you had done a custom with a, a good friend of mine before sure. we went on air? And uh, Mistress Maya Sinstress was uh, she's not only one of my best friends, she was the best man in our wedding, and which I, and I believe she did a what a Superman video for you? it was yeah it was a, a video where it, I was Superman and she basically had these three different syringes with different levels of uh, liquid kryptonite in it. And she was one by one injecting them into me to weaken me and then torturing me with, uh, you know, electricity and, and all, all sorts of different things. And then the last injection was going to be like the fatal one. And it was like there was like a simulated hand job where she was like, if you don't come, like, I'll let you go now. And if you come, like, I'm going to fucking destroy your balls with a hammer and then inject you with this last one. And it ends with her like injecting him with the, me with the last one. And then like, I think she blows me a kiss or something at the end, like. And it just like, you know, cuts to black. And like that's like I've I've jerked off to that custom. Oh, God, I don't know. More days than there are in a year. That's, that, <laughs> that is amazing. Now, I have a question for you. If somebody wanted to view that, is that a custom that you own or is it one that's up for sale someplace? Every time that I commission a custom from anybody, I always tell them to make it as generic as possible with names, unless it's like a specific to a character and to sell the video after so that they can you know, make more money on it. So what we can do then is we will find like where they can find that particular video and we'll put a, oh wait, I'm thinking in video, like in video terms again. Well, somewhere along right. the lines, we'll put a link up someplace. Okay. Well, right. y- you could ask Maya. She probably has a link to it. Yeah. That's what I was going to do. Nice. It's just like, yeah. I'll ask Maya for it and we'll put up a link for it. What What is one of the more, uh, what is one of the other memorable ones that you've done as far as customs? Probably the first one, which was, which was actually pretty basic in terms of like what it was. But okay. Um, I guess there's a little bit of backstory to this. So, uh, as I was talking about before, I kind of fell out of being the whole like, being a bottom or a submissive and i was kind of more dominant for a long time and then when i was 30 i I had a heart attack uh and for about two years i was like really in and out of the hospital every couple of weeks and you know there was like 11 i was in the hospital 11 times over in two years and you know this that the other thing i'm not going to bore you with all the the shit it just uh you know my parents both have bad hearts i had a bad heart because of it and I ended up getting an internal defibrillator slash pacemaker. And when you're like 30, 31, 32, and you're in and out of the hospital all the time, you don't know if you're going to live. It's really depressing. <laughs> and like, uh, you know, I couldn't have sex for a long time because I like I, I was supposed to keep my heart rate under you know control until I got the pacemaker. And it, it really like I was terrified and depressed for basically two years. This is and, actually going on right now with one of my partners. Oh, yeah. Anna, Anna is having, yeah, my friend Anna is having this issue right now. Oh, it's, it sucks. Like, it, it's, it's a really fucking bad feeling. Like, I, so, I'm, you know, I'm sorry that someone else is going through that. Uh, yeah. But I, this will I, actually be therapeutic for her to listen to you talk about it, though. Awesome. I'm actually working on a lecture that I want to give to people who've gone through some kind of trauma like this and have used kink to work through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so uh, if you want to put her in touch with me for like a more personal discussion, I wouldn't mind that. Absolutely. Also. Very cool. Uh, uh, the oh where was i <laughs> for your Sorry. first so, custom we were talking oh, right. about like what yes. you're doing for your first custom yeah so i was depressed and i was you know you know moping around it was it was awful and and i started to think one day about like you know when i was a kid uh, like a teenager i used to like jerk off all the time uh thinking about like being afraid of dying and 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 like it was so hot to me and here i am like I might be dying. Wow. Now it's re- like your fantasy is I, very close to possibly really coming true. Right. But I was but I wasn't turned on by it. I was I was I was, you know, I, I hadn't gotten there like I hadn't connected the dots in my head. So but but then one day I was sitting there and it started to come together. and I was like, you know, I was really into this and it was and it was amazing. And now I'm depressed about it. So what did, what should I do? And I and I ended up I, I went to a couple of different cam girls and I, I couldn't talk to my wife about it really at first because she had put so much into being positive for 
me and our relationship and, uh, you know, trying to keep me like healthy of mind and body, you know, and like I, I, I felt like burdening her with being like, listen, I want to fantasize about dying. Like yeah. it was like was like just kind of too much for for the where we were at at that time. Right. And and so I, you know, I went to a few cam girls and the first couple were like, uh, that's a little out of my comfort zone. I don't think I want to pretend to kill somebody. And then I met one named Desiree who was like, this is the most fascinating thing I've ever heard. I will absolutely kill you in a video. <laughs> that is awesome. So then how, how did, well, hold on. Wait, I'm going to keep a suspense. We want to find out how she killed you in a video after we take a break. <laughs> Be right back. Hey, psst. Did you know that American Sex has a Patreon page? Patreon.com is a great way for you to show your support for this podcast. It works kind of like, I don't know, funding for National Public Radio or how PBS works. If you like our work and the fact that we provide it to the world free of charge, you can help financially support it. And depending on how much you pledge, you might even get a nifty cool reward. Oh, and everybody who pledges gets access to our private Patreon feed that's just for supporters. So you thinking about it? You want to know more? Check out the details at patreon.com backslash American Sex. Friends of mine are friends of Love Honey too. All Sunny Megatron fans get 10% off everything at Love Honey's U.S. site by using the link bit.ly backslash lovehoney10. That's B-I-T dot L-Y backslash lovehoney10. Okay, we're back. I know that was a lot of suspense. <laughs> well, that was the that was the same bat time, same bat channel moment. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> At the end of last episode, Ow. Dick Wound was about to die. Let's find out what happened to Dick. <laughs> so the first one was a little basic because I didn't really have all the, I guess, the nuances of uh, like I had been creative in like you know masturbating to these fantasies when I was younger, but when I was first like kind of getting into the, um, this therapeutically, I was a little less creative. So it was really just a simple i'm tied up in her basement and she's torturing me with electricity and uh she wants a piece of information i give it to her and then she's like oh well i'm not gonna let you go now you gave me what i needed uh you know too much i have to kill you and i believe it was like 10 minutes long it was very simple just you know a, a simple camera setup and uh it's as far as like what i've gotten done since then it's not like the highest production or da 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 but it's definitely my favorite on a personal level because i got it i watched it i jerked off to it and i felt fucking awesome <laughs> you felt amazing. alive yeah like i did felt, you really it, it, it just it just i don't know for the first time in two years like i was like i got my sexuality back wow you know? and, and so my question is all right when you had these fantasies before when you were younger when it comes to the point in the fantasy that you're actually acting out dying Mm -hmm. What did that feel for you, you know, back then when you first started doing it? Did it actually feel like I, you know, what you imagined to be dying or was it just, haha, this is pretend? Uh, it's, it's interesting because I've put in some things where I'll do like, you know, I'll do self breath play so that I'm like, you know, not like Carradine style. <laughs> more like, yeah, I was like, don't try this at home, kids. <laughs> more like just, you know, breath holding and, and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and, and I, I, I used to kind of, uh, I used to have like a shelf that was, very high up in my bedroom and I kind of used to handcuff myself to it standing up with one wrist and then I'd have my other hand to like jerk off with. So it felt like I, you know, I, I was, I could kind of self, uh, put myself in some kind of bondage. Right. Um, as far as it goes, like, I, I think a lot of my kink and the, and, and the way that it kind of, uh, came about growing up, it is so mental. Like it is so just fantasy driven and, mm -hmm. and not practical that I wouldn't say that I necessarily feel like I'm dying when it's happening, but the thoughts of what it would feel like to be on the edge of death are what get me going. Like that's, that's really what it is. And did, did that feeling change when you did it for the first time or subsequent times after you had your health issues? Did that feeling of the moment of fake death intensify or change? Well, <laughs> I get weak very fast and out of breath very fast. Uh, my heart is very damaged. Uh, it's... Uh, 
I, I didn't know I was having a heart attack when it happened. Uh, I thought I was just having heat stroke because I was camping and it was like during a heat wave. Uh, and so I didn't go to the hospital for like 13 hours. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, I didn't have any pain. There was no like traditional symptoms of a heart attack. And so by That's the time actually it, very common in, in younger people. Yeah. I found that out after the fact. <laughs> but um so, yeah, I mean, after six hours, like the muscle of your heart starts to die and it's like, you know, so like a big portion of my heart just doesn't work anymore. Wow. So I and I'm on tons of drugs that like slow it down so that it's working less because it's basically like I have like an old man's heart and I have they're trying to preserve it for as long as possible. Uh-huh. So when I'm jerking off or having sex, like I get fatigued. I sometimes get dizzy. Like, you know, like there's there's things that my body now feels that are not necessarily good that they feel them, but it really kind of gets me going. Uh, in fact, uh, for the first time ever, I got a therapeutic shock from my defibrillator uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, while I was having sex. <laughs> Did it make you come? Uh, no, uh, it 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 made me yell the word pow. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is very Batman-esque. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I was that's thrown... not your safe word, is it? No, no it's not. I. No, we, if you want to talk about my safe word, we can get into that later. <laughs> I got thrown about a foot. Uh, I got thrown out of her and about a foot away from where I was. I like my body physically jerked. Oh, my, my goodness. Yeah. And I saw like a white like fl- it was like a flashbulb went off in my eyes. And I, like your grandma in a tunnel. Like what? <laughs> I, you know, I didn't really understand what happened for a second. And then when I put it together, I was just like, oh, my God, did you feel that? Did you feel that? And she was like, feel what? And I was like, and I was like, the shock. Did you feel that? And she and then she realized what happened. And, you know, it was a mess because she was like laying on the ground with her hands tied behind her back. And she was like trying to get up to see if I'm OK. And it, it was a clusterfuck. <laughs> but uh, it was it was awesome the way <laughs> the way it felt. I don't want it to happen again. There's, you know, subsequently, like I've been going for a lot of testing because I'm to find out why I've been going into AFib now for no reason when I shouldn't be and yada yada. But the act of it happening was was intense and amazing. Well, and it's good that you had the hardware installed. You know. Oh, yeah. Just because that it literally saved your life and it gave you a great story. You've been two, two birds, one stone. <laughs> and now, great orgasm. So one thing I wanted to address really quick to those of you audience uh, members listening who might not know what a custom video is. Like, it's pretty self-explanatory for the most part. But it's when you hire an individual, uh, usually a cam girl, a professional dominatrix or a porn star to do a video based on a script that you provide them with. Now, it can be almost anything that you have in your imagination. And it's like an interesting side note here. Uh, we talked about our last episode. One of the things that is much, much more commonplace is the rise of the custom video since all of the tube sites had come around. Young men ages 16 to 21 are actually having an increase in erectile dysfunction because of the access to free porn when it comes to actually having sex with another person, unless they're having something very personalized like custom videos. So custom videos are really seeing an increase right now because people are tired of a tube porn. Like you would get on sites like X hamster and Pornhub and all those sorts of things. Right. When you do customs, are you involved? Do you hire them just to do it directly or are you involved with the videos? No. Other other than writing the script. I I, I usually write the script or if it's someone that I either know personally because I've worked with them before or they have enough of a reputation or I've seen enough of their work that I'm like, oh, you could just improvise. Here's some bullet points. You know, I on a writing level is is where it's at. I don't do any of the filming or anything like that. Uh, I have done some filming, but that's a that's another story. Then that was in my long, long history. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's basically just writing. So you, you know, you had the death fantasy, then you had the the real near death experience. And now do you continue to use it as therapy, like a therapeutic thing to keep you not scared? I honestly, it, within a couple of weeks of starting to get I went like custom crazy like I got that first one and then I was like oh my god I need more and more and more like and and you're gonna kill me this way and that way and yeah and, and then I found other people that were willing to do it and and after I don't know maybe like two months that might even be exaggerated like it might have been even shorter than that I felt like over it and and I and it's 
it's not something that I struggle with anymore. Um, I mean, it's so you, still got, something you that, got it out of your system and worked worked it out in that short amount of time just by living out your fantasy over and over and over and over. Yeah, basically. <laughs> wow. 45, 45 customs is a lot. Uh, can you list some of the more memorable folks that you have had do customs for you? Um, oh, boy. <laughs> Candle. What's her last name? Wax with three X's. Is that is that a person? I, I Sounds so, like it yeah. probably is. Have you done yeah. any with Lark and Love by any chance? No, but I think we spoke once, but I, I don't remember. She's famous for her Power Girl. Uh, she did like a couple of superhero ones that are amazing. Um, I'm. I think I may have just gotten some of her videos. Maybe that's why I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> So what are some of the more interesting ways that you have fake succumb to death? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, any way that is kind of campy over the top, like either James Bond death trap or, or, or Adam West Batman death trap, uh, pit and pendulum type of stuff, anything like that. I, I particularly, I've thought about basically every scenario. <laughs> uh, I, I'm really big into the table saw slow type of being sawed in half from the crotch up. Uh, Ooh, so now uh, we're getting into horror movie as opposed to like, yeah, villain. Yeah. Uh, and, and of course, though, injected with some kind of like stimulant. So I don't pass out throughout this because I have to experience it up to the last, you know, slice. Uh, there's always some weird, dumb thing built into it like that. So I could be suffering for as long as possible. I actually, when you were talking about the, the Black Widow, um, stuff before, a lot of the stuff that I'm into kind of revolves around that. I like being, having my desires used against me. Uh, so, like if you take a, an electromagnet and put it over a pacemaker, it, it like, it kind of interrupts the signal. Uh, so I have a lot of fantasies where either someone puts some kind of magnet over my, my device or they just cut it out of my chest. They rip it out and, and then I'm, I don't have that support system, that life support system. And then they basically are like, well, now I'm going to tease you and get your heart rate up, like, you know, and, you know, fucking ruin your orgasm and you're going to die, like with cum dribbling out of your fucking dick. <laughs> wow. So now I know people listening and even the first time I had heard about this kind of fetish, I was like, whoa, people do this. And then I started realizing a lot of people do this. This is a lot more common than people think. Have you talked with other people who enjoy being on the receiving end of these death fantasies? And, and if so, what have you found out? Believe it or not? No, not many. Um, really? I yeah, can, I can hook you up with some. <laughs> Uh, good, because I actually really would love to talk to more people that are into it. We had one guest who who identified. I don't want to say she identified, but she did the whole damsel in distress thing, uh, and and we spoke a little bit about that. I, it, there's some people that I've talked to that they have it, but they don't have it. Have it. It's sort of just like, oh, that's kind of hot, you know. It's it, they they'll say it a little bit more flippantly, like sort of like an every once in a while fantasy, like, oh, today be the naughty secretary, today kill me, like, yeah, right. Where <laughs> Where, where with me, it's kind of more my bread and butter as far right. as, you know, what, what really gets me going. And so now I have another question. When it comes to online groups, are there, is this, I know a lot of, um, like, whether it's porn sites or fetlife.com has disallowed even fantasy talk of stuff that seems dangerous like death. Is that, are you allowed to even talk about this stuff? On some websites. Uh, well, <laughs> fortunately, <laughs> I am, how do I put this? I grew up, I don't want to say poor, but you know, I was a runaway for a while and I lived in a, you know, it's, I, I didn't have a computer until I was 27. Okay. Uh, so I'm not really the type of person that understands what chat rooms or, uh, things like that are. I'm, I'm on Twitter now, which is a big step. <laughs> I don't really, I still don't really understand it, but I use it. I know I sound like, you know, a grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. You use Twitter great. <laughs> we talked on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm kind of new to the whole like online computer culture. Like, I mean, it's only really been the past 10 years of my life. And the first five years of that really were me like, how do I turn this damn thing on? Uh, <laughs> so I, it's a miracle that I have a podcast. Let me put it that way. So I have a question for you. So you seem to at least like Batman. Have you ever watched Torchwood? No, I, I 
started it. I watched the first episode, I believe, and that was it. If if you get to the second episode, it's about sex and death. So oh. there's an episode called uh, Day One, which is all about this alien that fucks people to death. Ah, nice. That's yeah, right up my alley. So if you haven't seen it, you <laughs> you, you definitely should. Does I'll the check alien it out. have yeah. tentacles? No, but she has a vagina. <laughs> okay. <laughs> an alien. So the, the general gist of it is that an alien that is inside of a meteor, and they they're like the torchwood team is goofing around, and somebody throws a metal object, cracks the meteor, and this like gas comes loose, and it goes into this girl's body, and the only way that she can feed is off orgasmic energy. But when she fucks people and they have an orgasm, they explode and die. Ooh. So she's going around trying to fuck everybody. I think I saw that episode. I think you did too. It's a little like It Follows. You saw that movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, I really liked that. I I found that a little bit hot. There were certain points in that. I was like, okay, I can get into that. (laughs) That's awesome. And on that note, we're going to take a little bit of a break and we'll be right back. I know you're fancy, and I know you've been eyeing some of those luxury sex toys, haven't you, you frisky little fox? Well, I also know that you enjoy a good discount, don't you, dear? You now can get 20% off your entire order, plus free shipping, at luxury sex toy retailer Lalo.com with discount code SUNNY. Yes, dear, you heard me right. 20% off anything your little heart, or, well, other parts. Desire at L-E-L-O dot com using discount code S-U-N-N-Y. Yes, dear. You can thank me later. Want to know which sex toys, accessories, and BDSM gear Ken and I recommend? Well, hop on over to SunnyMegatron.com to read our reviews. Every time you click a product link or use a coupon code on our website, we get a bonus. Discount codes and special links you hear on this podcast benefit us too. So look at that. You can support our show and get discounts on sexy gear all at the same time. Now that is a win-win. And we are back. <laughs> can you that tell your intro from my robots. voice <laughs> what I would like to talk about now? Boop, boop. Boop, boop, boop. No. Was that was that sexy? <laughs> so, uh, so there's a word that a lot of people may not have heard of ASFR, which is alt sex fetish robots or robotics. Is that correct? Yes. And ASFR and uh, robotic sex, it's sort of an offshoot of something called dollification. Would you agree with that? Uh, sh- you know, I, I may be unqualified to answer that, but I would say just from common sense, I would say maybe yes. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the difference would be I would qualify it as that simply for one reason. Dollification is where one person is seen as an object. The only difference is with dollification, there's no animation. Right. With ASFR. There is slight animation. So there would be like jerky, like robotic type movements, unless you have a particular fetish to do something where you're not moving. And and I have to give a plug just for the listeners. Go watch Sex with Sunny Megatron on demand on Showtime. We have an episode about dollification. Go watch it. Cool. I'm going to do that. You watch it too. (laughs) But tell us a little bit. Tell us a little bit about your fetish. All right. So... I'm sort of unpacking this in my brain right now. Uh, it's It's been the past, um, about, about the past month that I really have been kind of exploring it more. And and I, I've always made like kind of jokes about like, oh, like, you know, I, I was like a big fan of the movie Westworld. Uh, oh, and I loved like, it. Our good friend Peter James Smith was in that. In the movie? No, in the new one. Not the, Are you talking about the original Westworld? Yeah, the, the one with Richard Benjamin. And, oh, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a scene in the, in the, I didn't see the show. I actually really want to see it. Um, uh, cause I love the movie so much, but there's a scene where Richard Benjamin, uh, like fucks a, a, a synthetic, like sex worker. And, uh, I always thought that was kind of really hot. And, you know, I'll talk about that. And like, I've jerked off to that and, um, Blade Runner. Like, I know yeah, that's I was not just really going to ask about Blade Runner. Right. And that's, that's a little different because that's more like meat synthetic. Like it's, it's not like circuit boards and stuff like that. But it still is hot. Uh, so I've always been interested in that. And then um, we we recently on 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 my podcast had a, a guest on who is uh, an idolater and a robosexual. And I had heard him actually on another podcast, and I feverishly emailed him. I have to speak to you. Like I have to talk to you. I don't care. Like you said things that I needed to hear. 
And uh, so I've been in communication with him. And then I had a conversation with him uh, on my show. And just the things that he talked about, uh, you know, even down to like the word gynoid. Like I'd never heard the word gynoid before. What is a gynoid? Does it have something to do with vaginas? It's a female android. uh, Because android and is like, I think some kind of I'm not smart. uh, Some kind of in one language, it it means male. (laughs) Like the the android, like the Andy is part of Andy is is male, and that's why I wanted it to be a robot gynecologist, like Doctor (laughs) Doctor Gropenfeel, the robot. So wait, one other thing that I wanted to to just make a brief mention on idolater—that's a person who worships idols, essentially. No sexual fetish. Uh, well, it's or using a different definition of it. Uh, I believe that their definition of it is for dolls, uh, real dolls, like. um, Oh, is it idolater with two L's instead of one? Yes. Oh, there, there's a there is a fetish of uh, also pronounced idolater which is somebody who worships or has sex with idols so they'll have like um a religious iconic statue and actually oh. have sex with it oh, oh or okay. like a like a, a not, crucifix dildo like but, yeah yeah, yeah. okay no, 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 well yeah i guess that is an offshoot of it yeah, yeah okay a, it's an offshoot of religious play sex i just talked to a girl who said that she masturbated with a crucifix and said it was one of the best things she ever used was it maya no it was <laughs> uh <laughs> I don't want to say her name. Oh, uh, we're not. We're totally not asking you. But this, so this right, is yeah. Ida <laughs> There's There so there's are too L's. many fetishes and not enough letters in the English alphabet. No, no. It's, <laughs> but it's great to actually give definition to this stuff so that we know what people are talking about. So the person right. that you were discussing this with was somebody who, and I want you to continue on with your story. So it's somebody who had a doll fetish. Yes. Well, he is married to a doll and has two. Like a real life doll or a human person uh, that is a doll? Uh, No, a like a. Uh, like a sex doll <laughs> oh, like, okay. a re- like a real like life a, doll. a real doll yeah um like a synthetic uh human like human being uh, we used to have one as a mascot in our living room oh okay it's uh not like a blow-up doll like no more... no no this was like one of the six thousand oh, dollars like that has the 125 skin. pound like yep. looks like a dead human body and pe- like we'd move her around and we'd take her out of the house and people would be looking at us like they're moving a body <laughs> it's like no yeah, it's, it's kind of just... funny we traded her for a, gri- for a stuffed grizzly bear right <laughs> <laughs> the guy uh the guy I spoke to has 3. Uh he's married oh to goodness. one and he's in a uh polyamorous relationship with the other two and he writes all of the narratives for how they met as if they're real people. He's a fascinating person. Off air, I'll tell you all like I'll like put you in touch with him. <laughs> yeah, that'd be uh, fascinating to yeah, talk to him. He's a really sweet guy. He's got one, like he said himself, he's got one foot in reality and one in fantasy. He understands that they're not real. It's, you know, he just, he builds these narratives and his thing is that they're, he's using dolls because gynoids don't exist. Like walking, talking, you know, gynoids aren't a thing right now. Right. Uh, and, and so they're sort of placeholders and I don't really come in there. Like I don't have any interest in like getting a real doll and like pretending, but but where me and him kind of came together was in the gynoids and that they would be like the ultimate partner in a lot of ways. And and me personally, I don't think I would want a gynoid to be like I'm married to a, you know, a human. I love her. It's you know, I don't want to replace her with a machine. Uh, but I think that now this is getting into where I was saying before I have trouble identifying as submissive. I actually think my ultimate dominant would be a gynoid, particularly one that I could program myself <laughs> because I could write out the narratives to ensure my own destruction. Oh, so, so it's like this weird is, topping from the bottom yeah, in it, like a technology say, we, kind of way. We teach a class called inverse power exchanges where we talk about things like topping from the bottom or power topping or, right. sorry, or service topping. Mm-hmm. And this very much sounds like that. It's it, it's fascinating because it like goes outside of the normal or I don't want to say normal because that's there, there, there is no normal. The, the average. Yeah, the, the average. Yeah, the yeah. average sort of BDSM relationship. So it's great because you're getting what you want. You know how to do it. And you can program the gynoid to do exactly how you want her to top you. Right. Now, do you do you ever want to – and just to be clear on this, when you say that you're into ASFR, uh, you, you want to have sex with the doll you, or the robot. You don't want to be the robot, correct? I don't want to be the robot, no. Yeah, okay. I want to be – You don't want to be an android. Be, so it's gynoid. Right. Yes. I want to I want to be fucked and destroyed by uh, a machine, basically. You, you know what this whole conversation reminds me of? I don't know, Dick, if you've ever taken any classes by sex educator Midori, but she has a great 
definition for what kink or BDSM actually is. And it's, she says it's childhood play with adult privilege and way better toys. <laughs> and really, I mean, listening to you talk about, you know, bringing your Batman fantasies to life and then bringing your, you know, almost like cloak and dagger murder spy movie kind of stuff to life. And now with the gynoids, would you say that that description fits what your personal kinks are? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it's like, like sexy cops and robbers with like just way over the top. Adult. I mean, it's all my it's all my childhood stuff just made fucking hotter. <laughs> did, did any of the fembot stuff from the austin power series do anything for you in like a minimalist kind of way like that was it's i mean something a little too like, cutesy it's a little yeah sometimes if it's a little too funny or a little too cutesy i'm like eh like because i want something basically where my <laughs> so like my, my my ideal dominant woman would be a gynoid that was malfunctioning to not uh compute my safe word Oh, you need to watch the new Westworld series. That's, <laughs> I'm not going to give it away, but <laughs> oh, God, they, no, they wrote really it for to. you. Just watch the new Westworld TV series. Go get the 30 HBO, day free trial of HBO, HBO right like, now. Seriously, right. get it on Amazon Prime. <laughs> all right. And, all right. And watch it tonight and you'll be fapping to it by the end of the evening. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Especially if you like Wild West gynoids. Uh, that's there's definitely a place for that for them yeah nice so speaking of which do you have a genre that you like like if you were to have a gynoid would it be modern day would it be period would it be futuristic <sighs> i don't know it's weird because i they, i don't know if i definitely have an ideal one as far as that goes and and again this might just be because i'm really at the tip of exploring this right now uh and i i you know i've been putting thought into it but it, i i I think if you asked me a year from now, I would have an answer for you. <laughs> it's like, you know, oh, this, you know, this would be my ideal gynoid. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like, all right, you've gone from your, your death fantasies to now the gynoid fantasies. And, you know, as humans, we're always changing and evolving and there's always new things. What do you think is next? If you can look into a crystal ball and be like, okay, this is going to be my fantasy 10 years from now. Oh, where brother. do you think you'll be? <laughs> Uh, wow. I have no idea. <laughs> it's going to be some fucked up shit. though. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure it will be like, you know, um, I don't know. Boy, I, I don't know. Fucking a jar of glass or something. I don't know. <laughs> talk about dick wound. That's the ultimate. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I really don't know where I would go from here. <laughs> so amongst the different fetishes that you have, have you ever combined anything with serial killers directly? The serial killer stuff is something that we all sort of have in common. I think at least an interest that you, you, me and Sonny have, because um, this is something that like we deal with professionally on TV shows, uh, do tours about it through weird Chicago tours. Uh, yeah. But have you have you ever had any of that involved with any of your fantasies? Well, we're not talking through Skype, so you can't see. But I actually wear glasses that look exactly like Jeffrey Dahmer's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I I build when I do uh, a lot of knife scenes. Um, I will build often if it's something. Uh, I'll do standard ones that are just kind of like a knife massage or like a little bit of SM, you know, scratching and stuff like that. But then if I'm going to do a scene with someone that's a little more in depth that involves fear and, um, you know, things like that, I'll kind of put on more of a serial killer esque persona. <laughs> uh. And, uh, I really enjoy all of the, this is going to sound terrible. I'm so glad that I'm doing this anonymously <laughs> because uh, I you mean your name at work isn't Dick Wound. Like, it is what? <laughs> I find some of the ritualistic things like the stalking, even like down to like almost like peeping Tom type things. Like I find a lot of that stuff really hot, uh, you know, driving around, picking up a hitchhiker, like or seeing someone with a flat tire and like, you know, like being like, oh, I could just pull over. And, you know, like like a lot of that stuff, like I think about those things in a way that probably most people don't, but I'm sure a lot of people do. <laughs> right, right. But a lot of that stuff uh, goes a little deeper for me in in that I act out and role play some of this with some of my you know play partners. Mm -hmm. I did a, you do that more as a top. Yeah, yeah. So I, do, you em do you emulate a certain serial killer? Is there any? Do you have a favorite, or is there one that you tend to to mm -hmm. find going towards? I wouldn't say I emulate 
a specific serial killer. I kind of do a weird mad scientisty type of thing <laughs> where I like, all right, for instance, I, I did a scene with, um, one of my, one of my play partners who is into puppy play. And I'm not really into puppy play, but what I did to find like a common ground was that I had my wife draw blueprints that were basically of the human anatomy being dissected and turned into a dog to uh-huh. surgically turn somebody into a dog. And oh, I so la- it's very like human centipede-esque almost. Uh, Tusk. Did you see Tusk? Yo, Tusk. Yo, oh, yes. my God. That was <laughs> a good movie. I did a scene. I did a scene with someone that was very uh, similar to that where I laid okay. out these blueprints in front of them. I, you know, I put ice all over different parts of their body. I had them uh, on all fours and I made them stare at this this puppy diagram and I took off the ice and I, I walked behind them with a scalpel and I had a lab coat and like a, you know, uh, like a headlamp and like all this, this crazy shit on. And I took the scalpel and I walked behind them and I put the scalpel in my coat, in my pocket and I took a butter knife out <laughs> and I started like jabbing them with the butter knife where they were numb from the ice so they couldn't really feel what was going on. Mind fuck. I love yeah. you. And, <laughs> and I had pre-made uh, you know, we're in a dungeon, so it's a little dark. I had just taken some gauze pads and some red magic marker, and I I made these fake bloody rags and kind of wet them a little bit. And it, in the in the the light of the dungeon, it looked like real blood. And I started throwing. I had like a little medical waste bin in front of in front of him also, and I started throwing these bloody rags. And I was like, "Don't worry, don't worry, I'll clean that up later." And things like <laughs> you know, like just <laughs> That's like brilliant. Yeah, and I and and and. It eventually turned into this whole scene where it devolved into us like growling at each other. And I got kind of primal, which is something I don't really do often, but uh, it was interesting. It definitely got interesting. Uh, I, I made him cry. <laughs> nice. Oh, I'd love yeah. it. You made lube. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to put myself in the mind of the listener because we have listeners from all over the place. We are very much entrenched in the BDSM scene. So a lot of our listeners followed us over from wherever they found us and they know that we're kinky mofos. But I know we've picked up a lot of new listeners who were like, this is a, the first episode of our podcast where we've talked about BDSM at, at all, really. And we've really like went yeah. way to the end of the spectrum. So what do you say to people when they hear all these stories and they're like, Man, okay, first of all, that's some sick shit. But secondly, <laughs> are you really separating fantasy from reality? You know, I'm sure people are thinking, oh, what if he really does stalk people? Like, where, how do you separate that out from real life? Or how do you keep it in a play sense? Well, I think there's a point where most, uh, and uh, most tops or dominants, and I want to say that most healthy tops or dominants, and I, if you didn't go through this, that doesn't mean you're not healthy or you're not good at what you do or anything like that. This is kind of a generalization, which I like to stay away from. But when you are first starting to play with people as a top or a dominant, m- nine times out of 10, you go through a thing where you are like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Why do I want to hurt people? And you eventually kind of just make peace with that where you're like, well, there's people out there that want to get hurt, you know, and it, and, and like it's and it's like it's not unhealthy to have those desires just like it's not unhealthy to be the person who desires to be hurt. And I think that coming to terms with that when you do, if you do, is something that kind of gets rid of that, uh, you know, kind of second guessing whether like, oh, are you this or are you that? I guess from an outside perspective, it's, it's harder to clear that up with, with people because I don't know what the vanilla version of going through that self tribunal or whatever you want to call it would be where you're like am i a monster or am i not uh you know it's tough uh i don't know if i answered that (laughs) that well (laughs) i I think you did actually and there's you know it's interesting that there's a couple of major schools of thought when it comes to bdsm there's ssc which stands for safe sane and consensual Mm -hmm. um i think that we are more along the lines sort of like you where we're more rack players. Can you talk about that, Sonny? Yeah. So SSC, safe, sane, and consensual, that's kind of, you know, we're, we're, 
even your mildest kinky people can fall, like a little spanking, a little this. And I think a lot of people who even consider themselves vanilla sort of fall into right, that. Absolutely. You know, we might do a little little tie up, a little spanky spanky. And then when we get to risk aware consensual kink, which is rack, that takes it a little further when you do things that are called edge play, which is playing things that could potentially be dangerous which which even, to be honest is like even rope suspension technically right, is rack right, right. and yeah. these are things that even if you and your partner or whoever's involved in the scene are very well informed very well trained you've thought of every single safety precaution you're you're playing with stuff where things could still go wrong so you are assuming that there are risks inherently involved with whatever you're doing and no matter how much everyone involved tries to make everything turn out good it might not so that could be like things like knife play you could accidentally you know slip oh sh- i didn't mean to actually really cut you i was just playing with your fear I didn't mean but mean to oops. cut the femoral artery right. that was an accident <laughs> you know or people who do fire play or even really heavy psychological scenes where you're fucking with somebody's head to the point where they might have some sort of, you know, post-traumatic stress response or some kind of leftover, you know, trauma just from the scene. Right. And I think that it's great that he did the scene with the puppy and iced the area showed. And we've done scenes that are similar to that, where we show somebody like a straight razor and then we do a bait and switch and use something like the the flat end of the the straight razor or a Mm -hmm. butter knife. Uh, so it feels and looks like something that might be dangerous, but in actuality, it's very safe, but the person doesn't know that. So although right. there's no physical risk, sometimes there are psychological risks. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's, it's, I, I look at it as kind of a... And by the way, you're brilliant. I just have to say yeah. that scene is like something that we would do. We like looked at each other over our, our pop screens <laughs> and we were like, uh-huh. uh-huh, we're doing that. uh-huh. uh-huh. We and I'm sorry we're stealing this. that idea. <laughs> I'm stealing that. I'm sorry. Hey, it's free. It's free. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and on that note, yeah, I, I, I you know, we'll wrap it up. yeah, we're going to wrap it up. One, I want to thank you so much for talking to us. I think this has been really eye opening one to hear somebody who who's just as like twisted as we are in a fun <laughs> way. I mean, you're talking about all this really heavy, dark stuff, but you're laughing about it because yeah. it really it's play, right? Oh, yeah. All yeah, right. it, it is. And, and you know, it. I know you want to end it. I'm sorry. I just wanted to no, touch on no one worries. thing real quick. Uh I don't I, I'm coming around to the thought of uh, especially since you're saying you have all these new listeners that are, you know, maybe not kink aware so much. Uh, I, I, I've been kind of I had a conversation with someone recently and I've been coming uh, more into the lines of I don't like the expression SSC because we're not insane. Right. Uh, there's, I agree. you know, like and, and, and saying safe, sane and consensual kind of implies that, like, some of the stuff that isn't in SSC is not sane. Exactly. And, you know, uh, I, I think it's important that anything you do, there is a risk. I mean, sure, maybe just like a, a butt spanking isn't really that risky. But, you know, anything beyond that, yeah, there is a risk, but it doesn't necessarily make it insane. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think we're on the same page. We personally in our own lives don't like to use the safe, sane and consensual acronym. But a lot of times when we're teaching people like 101 basic level stuff, we'll mention it as like, Let's yeah. just get you a framework. Now let's knock down that framework because we have a better one. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad you said that because that's actually the, the next thing I was going to say is the argument that you could use is that to soften it for people that aren't aware, it's something good. But then you're also building in like, you know, stigma. But uh, you're right. You can knock down the framework. You can always start over. But we have to give somebody a point of reference. But I think that everything that we do in BDSM and even spanking can cause, you know, something that could potentially make a blood clot and go right to your heart. You know, everything. <laughs> sure, there, right. There's a there's an inherent risk right. in, in any kind Just, of physical play. Or there's a risk play. in waking up every morning. Right. You know? I mean, if yeah. you look at it that way, I, that would be a really boring form of BDSM. Though. Just wake up. <laughs> hey, <and> wake. <laughs> hey, we're going to do this great scene today. It's just your day. It's just your <laughs> life <laughs> all right that so note. dick where can we find you give us like your social media tell us about your podcast so all of our listeners can go follow you okay uh well we are on basically every podcast platform it's off the cuffs a kink and bdsm podcast i know it's long but there was a couple other shows called off the cuff or some variation of that that was not kink and bdsm so i was like let's throw that in there just to you know, so someone's not listening to some guy do improv. <laughs> uh, uh, we're on uh, Twitter and Instagram and 
I make playlists every week on Spotify, uh, and that hashtag to find us on any of those is OCP Kink. That's Off the Cuffs Podcast Kink. Uh, and we went, instead of doing OTC, uh, we went with OCP because we wanted to get a RoboCop reference. In I was just going to say. <laughs> oh. yeah. and by the way, that would be a great idea just for like a new mix to go in. If you're in the dungeon and you want something interesting, go to the Spotify and check it out for a new playlist. Yeah. And we will get all that information from you, Dick, and put it in the show notes and on like the blog page that this appears. So people can click if they, you know, they're driving in their car and they can't write down all this stuff. <laughs> There's a place they can go to get it right at, at AmericanSexPodcast.com. So, uh, thank you. This thank is you, fun. Dick. And I'm not uh, even looking at my crotch this time. Thank you, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank All right. you. <laughs> and we're out. We're out. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag SciChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.